I was just talking to a client the other day and she was saying, we were talking and she goes, it's so hard. And you know, when you just say it's so hard, it's such a heavy energy. And I basically said, let's change that word around because it's not, a, it's not accurate. The real word there is aware. It's about becoming aware. It's not about hard. And when you say to become aware of something, all of a sudden that darkness is lifted because our words matter. Every single word carries energy and it matters what we say to ourselves and to others. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Course. In today's episode, I get to interview Ruth Klein, CEO of Expert Celebrity Branding, Branding Visibility Strategist and Master Book Coach. Now, Ruth is the author of seven best-selling books and works with high-achieving entrepreneurs, coaches, sales professionals, and company founders. Now, her focus is to help her clients expand into bigger possibilities, higher income, and make a major impact far beyond their perceived goals and expectations. And I can totally understand after meeting Ruth and interviewing her just how dynamic she is and how her spunk, her persistence, and her personality all contribute to her success. With a successful career that spans over 30 years, she's helped her clients create a 360 brand and convert their expertise and content into legacy books, high-ticket clients and programs, hundreds of millions of dollars for founders, nearly a million one-year consulting gig for an Inc. 500 past executive, filled legal and financial clients' businesses and helped write best-selling books and speeches. Now, if that is not an amazing list of accomplishments, I don't know what is. Ruth holds master's degrees in both clinical psychology and spiritual psychology with an emphasis on conscientious health and healing. And Ruth and I, we talk about the genius zone. We talk about finding your genius zone. We talk about what happens when you aren't working in your genius zone. We talk about how to support the genius zones of your family and friends and loved ones. And while this is a topic I haven't explored with anyone before, I had some of my own aha moments. I always tell people that one of the big things that we should be doing when we are sharing our message out into the world is planting seeds And my goodness, Ruth really planted some seeds for me. And I look forward to following her even further and learning a little bit more about what she has to offer. She has a new offer, actually, which she shares during the interview and talks about 
her journey to making the decision to do something that she never, ever thought that she would do. And it all comes down to following her intuition and living in her genius zone. I think you're going to really enjoy this fun and lighthearted interview. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Ruth. Welcome, Ruth, to Skill Your Course. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm looking forward to this interview. Uh, Me too. I'm looking forward to learning more about you. Um, Often when I have guests on, I've had quite a few people that I've I've known like and and interacted with in some way. And it's always wonderful to have fresh faces and new viewpoints on the podcast. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know you a little bit more about who you are and what you do. So why don't we just start there and you can introduce yourself to us. Okay, awesome. So I'm Ruth Klein, as you mentioned, and um, I'm an author of seven books. I'm working on my eighth book. And I help people write books. And something that we did this year, we expanded in our company, where I've been asked for years, Ruth, will you go will you ghostwrite my book? No, no, no. And then this year, it's like, why not? Which is funny, because my seventh book is called Generation Why Not? And so we now do ghostwriting services. And all of that has to do with someone's brand. And you can't really identify a holistic brand of someone until you identify their genius zone. Because in that beautiful treasure trove of genius, which we all have, you know, I don't, someone will say, oh, I don't, I'm not a genius in anything wrong. You are. Everyone has special gifts or talents that were what I call given to them. They are gifts their gifts. And a lot of times, a lot of times our genius zone is uh, we can start the process by looking at what we loved to do when we were younger. So I loved to talk. Uh, You know, my brother's five years older um, and my mom lost the child between us. And so he would watch over me and wherever I went, I would just go off and start talking to someone and then he'd have to bring me back. Well, things haven't really changed much since then. Uh, And now, you know, I'm a speaker, I'm a writer, and basically a teacher, um, a coach. And, um, And then something else I loved to do is I was an observer. I've always been an observer. And in my line of work, observation and curiosity as a um, as a coach and consultant, I have to have I have to be skilled in observation and curiosity. Um, and then with my background in clinical psychology and spiritual psychology, um, it just flows beautifully. And I always you know, I always was interested in people listening to their stories. And I remember Tracy as a young girl, people would tell me their whole story. And it was like, and I often used to think, why are they telling me all this? That's a little TMI here, even younger, I thought it was. But I think, you know, 
It's just that I'm, I'm interested. And you can tell when someone's interested, when you're talking and when you're not. So all, all of those pieces are really part of my genius zone. And wouldn't you know it, yeah, that I have created a beautiful career around that. And as a result of uh, helping people identify their genius zone, I'm really helping them identify, Call I call them puzzle pieces. We all have all these pieces, I call them puzzle pieces, and I help them put this these puzzle pieces together in this beautiful puzzle. And what's so beautiful about that, that becomes their brand. That becomes what they're here to do. That becomes a direction that we can start with their, you know, with their business or tweak their career or start a new career or whatever it is. But that's where it starts. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And I think, you know, so many of us are always talking about the zone of genius. You know, people will sometimes point out to others what they think their zone of genius is. And and sometimes people are really um, aware. And a lot of times, though, I think you're right. They're, they're often unaware. And you said that everybody has gifts. Um, and, and it's just really important to tap into those. I'm curious, at what point in your life did you recognize this as a, your zone of genius or or this pattern that became your zone of genius? Was that out of um, some type of research that you were doing or was it just intuitive that you were like, wait a second here, I've got something really good happening and here's, you know, I think I found my zone of genius. You know, it's a really good question. Um, we tend to, we don't acknowledge what our gifts are. We don't acknowledge that usually, you know, that we're doing things. So I remember, I remember that I would get these results with my clients and um, people would say, literally, they would say, Tracy, what do you do? I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell them. And then, and then the pivotal moment was I was walking with my middle child, David, and he's my, you know, he's my linear person. And, um, and he asked me a question. I don't even remember what it was. And I answered him and I go, mom, and he goes, mom, that is great. He goes, how did you come to that? And I looked at him, I go, David, I just don't, I don't know. He, and he got upset with me. He goes, mom, you've got to be, if you're going to figure that out, you got to tell me how you do that. That's that linear piece. Well, I, that linear piece just didn't exist for me before. And, um, and then people would call me intuitive and I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I just kept dismissing, right. We dismiss our gifts. And that's when I think about it, so sad, you know, we we're giving these beautiful gifts and talents and because they're easy for us, we dismiss it many times. And so it was a real awakening when I realized, oh my gosh, I need to figure this out, tush backwards. I need to go, okay, these are the results I get. Grant, And, and they were really phenomenal results. And I still didn't know what, what I was doing. If somebody asked me, I know what I'm doing when I'm in the process, but if I couldn't say it. So I went backwards and then I figured out the steps that I do, which was not easy for me to do, and come up with these modules. And now I understand what that's all about. And I also understand that part of my, a big part of my genius zone is being um, intuitive, 
very, very intuitive. That's what observers do. We're intuitive. That's what writers do. We're in, we, we observe. That's what artists do. We observe. Um, uh, people that are really successful in scaling their business, that's what they do. They observe how others do it. Um, and they, you know, their the mind's going, um, and as I say, I I I combine that with my love of clinical psychology and spiritual psychology, and then you know, I'm able to help people, you know, get rid of blind spots that psychiatrists couldn't or therapists couldn't or whatever. Um, I'm not saying that that happens all the time. I'm just saying that within my practice with my clients, um, that is that has shown up many times. It's not a it's not a guarantee. I have no idea uh, because it takes two to tangle. You know, you have to do your homework and all of that. But that's that's what I realized. And then I realized, wow, I have been dissing or dismissing my genius pieces, those pieces that I love that come naturally to me, because they come naturally to me, I've just, whatever. And then on top of that, I started writing books, I didn't even think Tracy to help people write books, didn't even think of it, because I just know how to do it. And I do it. Um, I did, you know, I have to write book proposals for my traditional publishers. I didn't even think to help them with book proposals when I started. I think it was like my fourth book. Um, and then, you know, the ghostwriting, I consciously said no until I found a beautiful way to uh, to ghostwrite uh, for clients. And now I do ghostwriting. But think of that, you know, I, and I think the the ultimate, the ultimate story is I was walking along Third Street in Santa Monica, the Third Street Promenade, for those of you who are know California. And um, there was a huge anchor, Barnes and Noble at the time. And I walked by, I was outside, I don't know where I was going. And all of a sudden I went, oh, I am an author. I saw my picture and my books. This is a true story. Because I was going to be doing a book signing and I forgot. I forgot. And I go, oh, my God. And up until that moment, I, if someone asked, what do you do? I go, well, I do branding and marketing and I'm a writer, a writer. And what I'm trying to say is, you know, unless we're aware and we pay attention to these things or someone brings it to our attention, how many years go by that we don't work in our genius zone and we make work so much harder so much harder and quite honestly we have a genius zone for family we have a genius zone you know even for our family life our personal life so it, it's uh, it's really remarkable it's really remarkable Oh my gosh, it does sound remarkable. I never really thought about having more than one genius zone, right? I always thought of a genius zone. Often I relate it to to work, right? To something you're really good at. But I never thought about a genius zone related to family and a genius zone related to work and a genius zone related to, you know, maybe just um, recreation or, or anything like that. Um, but it makes yeah. sense because in each of those parts of our life, there's going to be things that we shine in, 
right? I, I but I just never exactly. really thought exactly. about it that way. And they're transferred over, right? So with family, um, you know, with the children, I just, we just, I just loved talking with them. We were, it was very engaging. And I remember being an observer and into psychology. I remember my daughter, every other day she would act up if I didn't give her eyeball to eyeball attention. And then I thought, huh, she needs my attention. What am I going to do that's going to be fun? That's just how my my brain works. And I go, I know we're going to have a tea party. So I said, Naomi, do you want to go have a tea party? She goes, yes. So we went out the first time, went to a little place and had tea. And, and she had her little whatever she had. And all I did was listen to her. And it was eyeball to eyeball. And I found that she was an angel an angel. And so every other day I'd say, Naomi, you want to have a tea party? And so then what we would do is I I collect um, saucers and cups and saucers, the pretty ones. And we would, I would get the cups and saucers and I would pray that it wouldn't, she wouldn't break it. And we had tea. And the whole idea was she just got eyeball to eyeball attention and she could talk to me. And then my middle child a boy said, mom, he got the hang of it. He goes, I want to be part of the tea party. So then I had a uh, personalized tea party with him, not together. And then the little one doesn't like tea at all. So he, so with him, um, I said, Daniel, do you want to play football? And what that meant was we were in that literally the house, if it was too cold or inclement outside, and we would throw the football back and forth and he would go, and he even did that in college Wow! Uh, when he came back home. And so, you know, even to this day, even to this day, you know, you know, we all think our kids knock on wood are awesome. And I do believe my children are awesome as well. But even to this day, I make it a point when they're in town that it's just one on one, just one on one. And and as a result, you know, I'm part of their lives, uh, which I love. And they feel safe and they share. And it's such a gift. And so that's part of my genius zone as a mom. You know, um, the other part of my genius zone when my kids were younger was, um, you know, I like healthy, fresh food. I'm not into fancy. I'm not into sauces. I'm not into gourmet. That's just me. And so I would come home from work. Well, actually, if I didn't take anything out that day before or the morning of, I'd go to the grocery store and I'd go to the meat department of this specialty thing and I would pick out a chicken that was already marinated and a vegetable and make a salad. And that was dinner. And so we had a nice, healthy dinner. And I always thought that was part of my genius zone because we were able to eat together as a family. Um, so I'm just saying that it's it's finding those those precious pieces and they we feel confident about that. We feel good about that because we can't be we can't be good in everything in all aspects. But when we know that we're good and certain, we build on that. And and that is just really special. It's really special. Wow. I'm just thinking about different things that people have said about me and you know what I notice about other other people and and owning that, I think, is sometimes you can be oh, a, yeah. maybe a little bit 
I want to say humble. Sometimes people think hum, humble is is good, but actually humble can sometimes mean you're just not recognizing like you're, yeah, you're just, you're yeah, it, you're, right? yeah, because, you know, for the longest time, people would tell me things and it was like, zoop, zoop, zoop. And I call that, you know, I was dismissive of all of that because it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, we think things have to be difficult. They don't. They don't. Yeah. And yeah, when you tap into it, it feels easy, right? Right. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting because I was just talking to a client the other day and she was saying, we were talking and she was, it's so hard. And, you know, when you just say it's so hard, it's such a heavy energy. And I basically said, let's change that word around because it's not, it's not accurate. The real word there is aware. It's about becoming aware. It's not about hard. And when you say to become aware of something, all of a sudden that darkness is lifted because our words matter. Every single word carries energy and it matters what we say to ourselves and to others. I love that. I have an audience of uh, coaches who and consultants who transition what they think is their zone of genius <laughs> often into a business uh, and then often we'll, we'll want to create something a little bit more scalable. So it's often some type of course or program. But occasionally I come across someone who thinks that they want to create a course or a program and then they get into the middle of it. And then they're just like, Ugh, this is actually way harder than I thought it was going to be. And it doesn't feel quite right. I'm going to push through it. But, you know, I can start to sense the resistance and then it takes like the fun out of the whole experience. I guess I'm I'm wondering, like, how does someone know when they're taking a step forward into something? I just used course creation as an example, but it could be anything. And, and they're starting to feel some resistance. Like, does that mean they're not in their zone of genius and they really need to listen to that? Or is that just maybe other things that are getting in the way? Yeah, it could be other things. It could be too complicated for them. They may not be tech savvy. Maybe there's some technology involved. Maybe there are too many steps and they're more of a visionary instead of linear. Uh, but I'll give you an example. There, there was a little boy who was having problems reading and didn't like to read. Got a tutor and the tutor gave him a book on guns. He loved the book and he started reading with that book on guns. And so what that tells me that if we can use that and we can bring it over, that tells me that it could be the technical part of the course creation. It could be they don't have clarity yet on what it really is that they need to do. You might have the clarity because you're the guru in it, but they might not understand fully, or it's not something that they really love. You know, I was working with a, a former fortune, I think 100 company, and she was C-level and she uh, found a, um, a coach and the coach said, she didn't know what she wanted to do after that. And the coach suggested that she put together an online course and, and teach that. And she was making money, but her heart wasn't in it. And then I met her and I, and then 
it was like, oh my God, of course she's not going to like that. She's an extrovert and she needs to be out and about. And she has so much technical elite and leadership abilities. She needs to be back in corporate America, but not as an employee, as a consultant. And so all of us, I mean, she lit up, lit up. She couldn't, she couldn't do the homework fast enough. And there were times when she didn't really know exactly what to do, but she did it anyway. And then we went back and made changes or tweaked it. And then, um, you know, we were able to put together a proposal for $300,000 for six months with the option of another $300 for another 300,000 for another six months. And then COVID hit. And she had the contract in her inbox and then they retracted because it was a large company. But that's what usually happens. We're not working or living in our genius zone. And so it feels like we're, oh, there's just that heavy feeling and that heavy feeling, you know, unless something changes, it doesn't go away or we just drop everything and we just start anew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking even of a conversation I had last night with a group in a community where we were talking about learning and, you know, being a lifelong learner. One of the examples I gave was that I wasn't a very good learner all through like high school. Um, I actually, you know, was an average, in some cases, below average learner. I passed everything, but not always with flying colors. But then I moved on into college and all of a sudden I became this avid learner because I'd chosen like what it was that I wanted to learn. And so, and which has become like, that was early childhood education. And and 30 years later, I'm still in the field of early childhood education. So it obviously lit me up. It's kept me there and it's kept me going. Um, But yeah, I, I think, you know, it's the the quickest example um, in in the short time we have together for me to be like, right, that's probably was because um, I had a strong interest, a passion I was following. It wasn't that I wasn't a good learner. It was that what I was learning at the time wasn't something that was really inspiring to me. Exactly, exactly. And that is what's missing today. We're not inspired with the work that we're doing. Many of us are pigeonholed. And so we need to, you know, it doesn't mean you have to change jobs necessarily uh, or change companies. It might just mean that you have a side gig. It might mean that um, uh, you offer a suggestion to a manager or a supervisor, which they love. Many times they love because it's a creative source. You know, I'm called in a lot. Uh, in companies to help them think creatively, how to do it differently, how to do different things, how to take advantage of employees' genius zones. And then you've got a workforce, whether you're an entrepreneur with a team or whether you're a corporation of any size, now you have an aligned team. Because just as you found, everyone's doing something, something, not 100% maybe, but something that they're really passionate about. Now you've got something going. The other thing with passion is that, you know, before you, if you're going to go into a business or work for someone, you really need to be in alignment with their mission. You really have to be in alignment 
alignment with their mission, number one. And you really need to know how you are contributing to that mission. Really important. You know, when you think about years ago, the technology companies, uh, they were they were driven they were driven because they believed in what they were doing. They believed that it was creative and they got all these perks and it wasn't aligned with them. 20 somethings that, you know, didn't have any responsibility so they could work 12 hours a day. <laughs> um, but you've got to choose what you really are aligned with, whether it's changing careers, whether it's tweaking your existing career. You know, I'm really excited about the ghostwriting services. I never thought I would be, but when I figured it out, how it can be fun and it can be uh, more in the in the author's voice, I'm jazzed about that now. Yeah, I can see that. You've got a big yeah. smile on your face. And yeah. actually, um, just for the listeners, in case they don't know what a ghostwriter is, do you mind sharing a little bit about sure, that? Absolutely. So not everyone wants to write their own book. Now, I, most of my clients, I help them write their book. I can help them come up with the concept. Remember those puzzle pieces? Um, I help them with their branding during the book pro writing process. I help them with their marketing, who their target market is. Uh, I help them write their signature speech. Uh, or their TEDx talk. Why can I do all that? Because I'm a writer, I'm a brander, I'm a marketer, and I'm a publicist. And so they get all of that. But some people don't have the time or they don't want to write. So you hire a ghost writer who writes your book. And sometimes the ghost writer wants to be on the cover. I don't. I want to give all that visibility and credibility and attention to my to my client um neither is right neither is wrong it just is on preference and then i interview them i do all kinds of things and then i help them put together the concept i you know so they're 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 active but they don't have to write they're they're actively telling me and getting excited on what they want and how they want it to, to come out and the results and i then i help them uh, I help create, I do the structure, I do the strategy, and I help them showcase their expertise or showcase their credibility. So yeah, and I do, I do the writing with my team. That's awesome. I, I have not really ever talked to someone before who is actually doing ghostwriting, but I've been curious about it for some time. And so that's a really great, easy explanation. I can just kind of visualize what that would look like. How long does it actually take to process of ghost the client that you might be doing some ghost writing for yeah so uh there's an alarming statistic um out of a thousand people who start to write their book only 30 will complete it out wow. of a thousand people only 30 will complete it that does not happen on my watch um i help my clients write their books in five months part part time um, to ghost write is probably the same amount, maybe three, three to five months. Because, you know, I know what my team wants. We, we stay on it. We keep on it. Someone else might, you know, life happens and all of that. And so I give them a little extra time. But with the ghost writing, you can pretty much plan three to three to five months and you'll have a book. Well, you'll have the book manuscript and then we get it. We help them get it published. That's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. 
So just back to the genius zone for a second. We, yeah, we sure. Kind of went down a little bit of a side side road there, but it was, I think, really important. I always think we everybody needs to know what that we're all what we're all talking about when we're chatting. If someone isn't sure that they're not working in their genius zone, what is a couple practical things that they can do to start the process of really, really um, understanding themselves better? So first of all, uh, here are some symptoms. You find that you're procrastinating. You find you just, it just is hard. It's just like going uphill. Um, You're bored with it. You're just bored. Um, So those are some of the symptoms. Um, But how do you start? So number one, what did you love to do when you were little? You know, you know, I, I was just talking to someone recently and I find this fascinating. He said that um, when uh, technology companies, one in particular, in the hiring process, they asked the candidate, what types of toys did you play with when you were little? Interesting, right? Now, why would they ask that? Because if you're the type that puts things, takes things apart and puts them back, that says something. If you're someone who would break it because you wanted to see the what was you know what the battery did or are the which one of my grandsons does that he breaks everything so he can see how it works. That says something to the person hiring you, right? And uh, someone else, um, myself included, a lot of times I'll hire people if they've had some kind of. Uh, if they've been involved in sports or in dance, because there's a certain there's a certain protocol of not giving up when you're in sports. You just don't give up and discipline and showing up even when you don't feel like it. And that's those are the those are the characteristics that I like in in having people surrounding me on my team. Not 100%. So it depends what you're looking for. Um, But you start with what did you love to do to the point where what did you play with? You know, and I started ballet when I was five and I just love music and I love to dance. And, you know, one of my genius zones personally is um, I'm an okie dancer, nothing to write home about, but one of the ways before the pandemic that I stayed slim was I did, I went out and did Zumba a few times a week because it was, I loved the music and I loved to dance. And even though I wasn't perfect, far from it, I did that. And I need to get back into that again. But what is it that you loved to do? Or maybe you loved, maybe you loved to go really, really, really fast on your bicycle. Maybe you you love telling people what to do. Maybe you were the director. You had you maybe you had play and you were always the director or you always were the creative writer or you loved, you know, I was I did a one um a one day summit uh and had some wonderful speakers and one gal had a very difficult childhood and in order to escape she went into her mom's uh, dressing room closet and she just started dressing and styling herself and now she is a a well-known stylist uh, another gal that I interviewed she also had a very difficult childhood and it was very chaotic 
So what did she do? She learned at a young, young age to organize. And now she's she helps people organize. So that's where we start. And then I ask a lot of questions to start finding these beautiful uh, personal puzzle pieces and then helping them create that beautiful genius puzzle. That's great. I, I I love that you go back to your roots, your childhood, and and we sometimes forget how meaningful that is and what that tells us about ourselves and what we can, you know, it sounds like you did this really well with your children based on the stories that you were talking about, but understanding, you know, what makes them tick, it can help you also guide them to their zone of genius as they they grow by reminding them about, you know, the silly things that you used to do weren't so silly. Those were things that were telling us a lot about who you are and who you were probably destined to become, right? That absolutely. You said that beautifully, Tracy. Beautifully. Thank you. I just became a grandma this past year to two. So I have a new granddaughter and a new grandson. Well, they're seven, seven and 10 months old now. And um, just listening to, I was thinking a lot about that. Like, what are they going to do that I'm going to be able to, you know, tap into and really highlight for them and and nurture, right? Because sometimes like the things that you were talking about with your grandson, the breaking of things, you know, that could be handled in a way that's negative for the child. Right. Like if you decide that, you know, you're just going to scold and and, you know, get angry and frustrated and limit his access to certain things or punish in some way, you you know, you don't know. He could become the best mechanic or or builder or, you know, he could be an inventor or or whatever just by. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I have nine beautiful grandchildren. And, you know, I I need to I need to start a little book uh, and what I've observed and then see what they do, where they go. One gal is is either got to be a stylist or in theater uh, for sure. One has got to, as I mentioned, going to put things together is going to be an architect or a builder or something like that. Uh, Another gal is going to be a nurse or some kind of nurturer. Um, I mean, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. And so because I'm so um, I'm so involved in in this observation of someone's genius zone, you know, I'll, oh, just for example, I went uh, had breakfast and this server came and I said, are you a musician? He, he kind of goes back. He goes, yeah. How did you know? Tracy, I don't know how I knew. And um, and he's serving me breakfast. Uh, I said, I don't know, but I could just tell that you're a musician. And then he says, would you like to listen to something I just uh, wrote and produced? And I said, yes, please. And we've become best friends. Oh, best friends. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm being able to recognize that in others and and you probably made quite an impression on him I'm sure well he was startled that's for sure <laughs> but you know here's the thing you know I, I think that not I think I know we don't get enough positive reinforcement 
because everyone's busy, busier now than ever. It's a very frenetic world out there. And we are we have to take responsibility, personal responsibility to slow down. And that means not so much uh, of our time spent on the darn phone doing whatever we're doing. And when we get off work to truly be off work, unless you're a brain surgeon, there's no reason for you to check your emails. Um, and if you're working, you know, 60 hours a week, that's not impressive. That tells me that you're sacrificing your family or your health or both. And so these are the kinds of things that doesn't make you bad or wrong. It's just reminders. Hey, I, you know what? I, I, I can tweak things. You know, I'm going to change some things around. Yeah. You've given me so much to think about and I'm sure the audience as well. I'm really thinking about what did I play with when I was little and that other people said about me that I may be kind of brushed off the shoulder a little bit and haven't actually take taken any ownership or you know accepted about myself or that awareness piece I um really appreciate you coming and sharing this because I do think even though the the people, the clients that I typically attract to my business as a course creator are people who are doing some pretty amazing things in the world, that that this is still an important topic for them because often they're, they're um, you know, expanding um, and maybe, uh, just maybe understanding a little bit more about how to tap into that zone of genius that maybe they're only just tapping the surface on. Um, some of the tips that you gave today, um, maybe this conversation will inspire them. And for those that maybe are feeling like they're just unsure and they're kind of guessing as they go, hopefully this will give some insight into to what they can do as well. So where can people find you, Ruth? Um, if yeah, they- so I love Instagram. I'm on Ruth.Klein and Klein is K-L-E-I-N. Um, also, you can go on my website, RuthKlein.com, and I have an ebook there on productivity and increasing your income because they go hand in hand. I'm doing a live event in October where we, I actually walk you through where you can uh, delve into your genius zone uh, to 10 times, at least 10 times your impact and income. It's not a guarantee, but that's usually what happens. Any And think about it, even if you only did five times, you know, five times more income, five times more impact. That's huge. If you just doubled it, that's huge. And uh, and I'd love to also gift your um, your viewers and listeners 30 days of complimentary um, momentum, morning momentum coaching. They're audios that run two to five minutes, and they're on these kinds of topics, branding, genius zone, money mindset, uh, writing a book, marketing, you know, all the things that I, I do and that I love. And so um, love to offer that as a free gift for the for 30 days. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll make sure those are all linked and uh, the show notes below. And I will also be checking those things out because I'm really inspired by the way that you you know, describe yourself as like more than one thing. Like a lot of times people are coaching others to be like, just pick your one thing. And, you know, when you say you're a writer and a publicist and a marketer and probably not all in the same, that right order, (laughs) I'm just um, 
I'm just really impressed with the way that you've taken ownership of those things. And then you also have packaged it up for yourself in a way that allows you to show up for people with all of those pieces, um, but not in a way that, you know, is, is overwhelming. So that that's wonderful. Uh, so thank you so much, Ruth. I really appreciate it. Yes, yeah. Let me just share one caveat. You okay. are correct. When someone is first starting out, you need to go one lane. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you go all these lanes, they no one knows what you do. Yes. And so, you know, when we were first on before the podcast, you said, I see that you do a lot of what you do is books and you also do genius zone. But over the years, over the years, because because I do branding and because I do marketing and because, you know, I've I've been a publicist. And I'm an author, all of that. All of that is now in a beautiful, beautiful puzzle. It's a beautiful puzzle that only has my brand print on it. But when someone's first starting out, I think it's really important that you do stay with one lane until people get to know you because they don't need to know when I'm helping someone write a book, they don't need to know I do branding yet or marketing. Once I chat with them, then I let them know I'm get, I'm also in this process of writing a book. I'm going to help you identify your target markets. I'm going to help you write your signature speech. It's in that it's that those become your, uh, your toolkit, but you start with that one lane. Thank you for clarifying that <laughs> and, well, and bringing I, me back to where, <laughs> where most of us need to be. <laughs> well, I didn't want, you know, it, it, when you said that, I thought, wow, it does sound like I'm all over the place. And and probably I am. But when you first start out, your your idea to your point is, yes, go with one lane. And then as you're talking to the person, you then have your toolkit and then you add that and that those things become your differentiator. There's no one out there that I know that helps people write books or ghost writes that has that holistic uh, business wheel. Uh, not to say nobody does, but I don't know of anyone that doesn't you know, mean no one's out there. All I'm saying is that becomes your differentiator. Yes, yes. And I never meant to leave the impression that I thought that you were kind of all over the place. I was actually Oh no, you didn't, but I got that. You know, I I heard myself and I got that and I thought, you know what? I need to clarify myself. So thank you for allowing me to do that. No problem. Um, so so th- again, thank you very much for being here. And uh, I look forward to learning more about you as I follow you as well. And and um, I just have one more quick question. Yeah. Do any of your books that you have, because you have seven books, which is, you know, yes. very impressive. Do any of your books specifically speak to the topic of the genius zone that would be worth highlighting? It would be, it would be Generation Why Not. Okay, that's the one that's coming. Uh, no, that's oh, the seventh okay. one. That's the one that came out during the pandemic. Okay. Uh, because I run you through seven principles. And when you do that, you'll start to see where your intention are, is, where your beliefs are, because that's all part of your genius zone. Okay, perfect. I'm glad I asked. Um, yeah. because I, I definitely think for someone who's written seven books, I'm sure there's at least one for everybody <laughs> that, you know, of, of interest. I did check out some of the titles are all on your website. I, I did, um, take, take a peek at those. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I have a mission this, 
uh, year to collect books um, that of people that I know that have written. And now I say, I can say, I know you because we've had a conversation. Yeah, and so it'd be yeah. great to be able to, to pick a book and, and have you on my bookshelf. So I love that. I absolutely love that. Anything to do with books and brands. Absolutely love it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ruth. Thanks, Tracy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.